Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Often referred to as America's pastime, few images conjure up a sense of warm summer days more than baseball. The crack of the bat, the smell of popcorn, and the cheer from adoring crowds. American baseball has been there throughout our nation's history, from the Civil War to civil rights, from World Wars to 9-11. One could argue that no other sport in our nation's history has helped heal our wounds or celebrate our victories as much as baseball has. The traditions that baseball was built on have transcended both time and generations. One tradition has become synonymous with baseball and eventually sports as a whole. The national anthem and its instantly recognizable tune is a mainstay at the start of all American baseball games. But just how did the Star-Spangled Banner come to be a staple prior to each contest? Before the turn of the 20th century, the Star-Spangled Banner had not officially been designated as the national anthem yet. But it wasn't completely unheard of to hear live military bands play it during the duration of a sporting event. All of that changed, however, during Game 1 of the World Series on September 5th, 1918. Two of the country's most nostalgic teams were in the series in 1918, the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs. Neither squad had yet been subjected to the adage, the last time they won the World Series. Because, you see, Boston and Chicago had won six of the last 15 World Championship titles between them. Despite the highly anticipated matchup in this fall classic, the mood that day was somber as the crowd filed into Comiskey Park. The United States had entered into World War I a year and a half earlier, and since then had lost more than 100,000 soldiers. Veterans had been returning home either physically maimed or emotionally scarred. Shell-shocked from encounters with modern warfare's first mechanized mass-killing weapons. In addition, just the day prior to the game on September 4th, a bomb had exploded in Chicago, the city hosting Game 1, ripping through the Chicago Federal Building and claiming the lives of four individuals and injuring dozens more. Initially, the suspicion of assailants had fallen on the industrial workers of the world, a retaliation for the conviction of several IWW members on federal sedition charges. Not only did this act of domestic terrorism sullen the baseball game, it also frightened those in attendance. In fact, the 19,000 fans that showed up that day was far fewer than the originally anticipated 30,000 sellout. Finally, to add to the overall melancholy feel, the U.S. economy was strained, and the government had recently announced that it would start drafting major league baseball players into its military ranks. Overall, the game certainly did not have the feel that a World Series game should have. The game began and was low scoring through the first six innings. The Red Sox held a 1-0 shutout before their ace pitcher that day, a large robust hurler by the name of George Herman Ruth, 
better known amongst the fans as Babe Ruth. He had pitched a gem of a game up until this point. Still, the smaller-than-usual crowd struggled to get into the spirit of the festivities. During the customary seventh-inning stretch, the U.S. Navy band on hand began to play the Star-Spangled Banner. And like on command, something began to change on the field and in the stands. According to the Chicago Tribune, Red Sox infielder Fred Thomas, who was actually in the Navy and had been granted furlough to play in the World Series, immediately turned and faced the American flag and gave it a rigid, firm military salute. The already standing players and the fans in attendance recognized Thomas's patriotism and responded by facing the flag, removing their caps and placing their hands over their hearts. A wave of emotion slowly swept its way from the field and throughout the crowd. At the song's conclusion, the previously docile crowd erupted into thunderous applause. A reporter from the New York Times recognized the abrupt change in sentiment and wrote that it marked the highest point of the day's enthusiasm, actually opening the next day's recap of the game with an account of the impromptu singing and crowd reaction during the Star Spangled Banner. Their article read, First the song was taken up by a few, then others joined. And when the final notes came, a great volume of melody rolled across the field. It was at the very end that the onlookers exploded into thunderous applause and rent the air with a cheer that marked the highest point of the day's enthusiasm. As a result of the palpable response from the crowd that day, the Cubs' front office realized it had witnessed something unique and remarkable. As a result, the Star Spangled Banner would be played at each of the next two games in Chicago during the seventh inning stretch, to increasingly rapturous responses. The Boston Red Sox built on this patriotic sentiment and moved the song and the festivities to their pregame ceremonies and even gave out free tickets to wounded veterans and honored them during the playing of the Star-Spangled Banner before the start of decisive Game 6. As the Tribune wrote of the battle-scarred soldiers at Game 6, quote, their entrance on crutches supported by their comrades evoked louder cheers than anything the athletes did on the diamond. The Red Sox would go on to win the World Series that year in six games, their third championship in four years, and their last for the next 86. Still, the series' most enduring legacy belonged to the Star-Spangled Banner. Other Major League Baseball parks began to follow suit and played the anthem on holidays and special occasions, and Red Sox owner Harry Frazee made it a regular edition of all Boston home games. The Star-Spangled Banner was officially adopted as the National Anthem of the United States in 1931, and by the end of World War II, NFL Commissioner Elmer Layden ordered that it be played at the beginning of every football game. The tradition quickly spread to other athletic events and was aided by the introduction of large sound systems and post-war patriotism. But it was all made possible by the brass band, fickle fans, and a player that snapped to attention on a somber day in September of 1918. This has been a Missing Chapter Short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to more shorts as well as full-length episodes on Spotify and all other major podcast providers.